Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is Danny. Join me as we go deep into God's Word, as we discover the hidden gems and hidden treasures that God has made available to us all if we would have but ears to hear and eyes to see. As you come with me on this journey, let's explore God's Word and see what He desires to show and tell us in our day. This may be your first time or the next time, but I welcome you here. Let's dig in and see what the Lord has for us today. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 12. And uh, today we are going to be talking about um, recovering his name. And before I press into uh, getting started, I want to thank everyone, uh, those who are returning to listen, those maybe who are tuning in for the first time uh, from all across the world. Um, I think we're at 13 or 14 countries now. Uh, it's just incredible the work that God is doing and the spreading of His Word throughout the lands. And so um, all across the world, I welcome you and thank you for taking the time to listen. So again, today I am speaking on um, recovering His name. And this is a topic that I've personally been walking through for some time and not would take a break from it and and but I'd find myself circling back to it and it's just been something that's uh, kind of followed me for a period of time and you know you may be sitting there what do you what do you mean by recovering his name you know when, when we when we uh, speak of God and we we ha- we have words that we use um, God the Lord and um, and so those are you know fine and well but uh, I believe that trying to find is there a a, a scripture basis for more accurately reflecting the name of God God's name and you you may ask why why is that important uh, why is knowing his name important um, this let me be upfront this is not an effort to to box in God to 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 pin him down into you know just one particular um, one particular box but rather it's to know him more personally when when you have a relationship with someone you it's not until you more intimately know their name when that relationship's really you know blooms and i and i it's not to it's not to pre you know suppose that just because you don't know his name you don't know him uh, that's not it at all but it's it's knowing his name is important uh, to me it's more than just knowing something not generally known you know when when you start thinking on this topic and and this idea of what his name is it may be something that you don't just up front know and so 
exploring this for me and maybe for some of you, it's, it's more than just knowing something that, you know, generally may not be known. Like I said, if you're in a relationship with someone and you don't know their personal name, how, how does that make you feel? I want to know him more fully and completely, including his personal name, what he loves, what he likes, what he desires. I want to know what makes him laugh and smile and cry. I want to know his thoughts, his plans, his heart, all that he will share with me. So as I begin this journey of of discovering his name, um, I began to first identify some some common names that we use and trying to uncover or explore uh, some of their more specific meanings. Now, as you make your way through through the Bible, through the Old Testament more specifically, but even into the New, um, you know, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And so when you read when you're reading your Bible, like I'm reading my Bible in English, um, I read from various translations. I like um, looking through many different translations. I appreciate them, but um, the Old Testament originally in Hebrew. And if you'll notice, there are many times when the word Lord in all capital letters, L-O-R-D, capital L-O-R-D, in our English Bible, it actually represents the Hebrew word for Yahweh. So when we see cap, all caps, Lord, in our Old Testament Bible, it's the Hebrew name Yahweh. You'll also see um, lowercase Lord, L-O-R-D, all lowercase. This is a name or a word that denotes position. So to be Lord is to be above or over or master of, authority over. Um, if you look at the original Hebrew for that word, lowercase Lord, it's the Hebrew word um, Adon or Adon, A-D-O-N, you find it in Genesis eighteen twelve, where Sarah, when she hears the news of becoming uh, pregnant with child, she laughs and she says to herself, "My, my Lord, being uh, my Lord being old also," and she's speaking of her husband, um, Abraham. She calls him Lord, and this is lowercase L O R D. So this is more of a a positional name, authority over, um, master is what they would have called um, in some situations as well. So that's lowercase L-O-R-D. You will also have, this is uppercase L with lowercase O-R-D. So capital L-O-R-D. And those are lowercase. This is the same as I mentioned uh, just previously, it's a name, a word, a position, authority um, over someone. But it's the same, but it's the plural 
word. And that is translated in Hebrew as Adonai. It has the ending A-I at the end of it. So it actually is literally translated my lords with an S. And so it encapsulates this uh, this plural identity, uh, this plural tense identity. Um, it, it, it encompasses this threefold presence um, and can also be written in the first person possessive form and to 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 mean or to to be translated as my lord uh, and that will have the ending i y at the end so adon i y so those are some different ways that we will find scriptures portrayed particular words portrayed in this old testament and i'm going to give you quite a number of verses and uh, once I land on some of this, this is just kind of the some of the pre-work here to get us in a little bit of um, understanding of some of the different um, ways we will see particular words. And lastly, as I mentioned, in all capital letters, L-O-R-D, all caps, that is representative of the Hebrew word Yahweh. So, as I begin, as I begin thinking on, um, you know, when when we when I pray, you know, I say God, um, I say Father, and and I begin to explore and ask the question, what is your name? And he and the Lord took me to a particular verse and that's where we are going to um, we're going to to start it's going to be Exodus chapter 3 and we're going to bounce around quite a bit um, I'm turning my Bible with you so um, bear with me as I find these verses with you so Exodus chapter 3 I'm reading out of the New Revised Standard Version uh, but again, I read out of many different translations, appreciate a lot of different facets in there, and you will see things rendered in different ways based on the translation, uh, you know, how the particular translators come to certain words. Um, so, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses 13, about through 15. But just previously to this, Moses has his encounter at the burning bush. And this is where he finds his assignment from God. And it is to go to God's people and who are currently in you know, bondage through the, by the Egyptians. And Moses is to go be the mouthpiece of God in provoking the exodus of God's people in their and for them to be set free from their bondage and captivity. So Exodus 3 verse 13, but Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, 
I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, all caps, L-O-R-D, remember we said that is Yahweh, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. So, rather than maybe building up to, to then land on my conclusion, I'm just going to give it to you up front, and, and then we'll kind of work our way into it. I believe that what we, what we have a tendency to say um, what we, you know, God the Father, um, we, you know, we call him Lord, we call him God, and, and those are great, those are good. But when we get, when we really dial in and we, and, and we want to explore, um, now, and I too, I realize that, you know, I am talking of, speaking of, 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 a, of God who is infinite and and so far above what we can think or imagine and um for me to think that I've got it figured out and and that this this is it and uh, it, it would be naive um but as I've spent time in this and I feel the Lord has sh- taken me directions for scripture um and opened things up to me and made me aware of things. I really believe that this is uh, reflective of his heart that he has uh, for us to discover him more intimately and in a facet of that is understanding his name. And so I believe as the scripture without question points out, explains, um, I believe that his name, his personal name, is Yahweh. And and I believe that uh, words like God are are actually um, more a word of title that is presupposing worship and adoration. And the word that we, you know, the words we use, the Lord. Remember, we had said that it's it's a name or word of position, uh, authority over, above, master. Um, that is both lowercase Lord and and uppercase Lord. Uh, uppercase Lord being this plural sense, um, and that kind of encompasses the this you know this the threefold presence of God, and so. The Lord is a is a is a word or name of it's a positional name of superiority of authority. Um, this this a word of of um, identity of master. So these um, it, a way kind of that I think of the name the word God. 
I can I can see it as even um, like in our in our human terms, you know, if if I went to medical school and graduated at the end of it, and and then I become a doctor of of something medicine, then I become doctor, you know, Danny Pate. Well, that is doctor is a title for me, but it's not my personal name. You know, a person can walk up to me and and say, you know, hey, doctor, or um, if you are very friendly with a person, maybe know them a little closer, a person may walk up to you and say, hey, doc, you know, but and and that's that's great. And, you know, nothing there's nothing offensive about that, but it isn't who I am. It isn't my name. And uh, I've heard this illustration before, and, and, and I think it's very fascinating. But, you know, if a person is to write you a check, and let's use the same illustration that I am a doctor, graduated from medical school, and they write uh, pay to the order of doctor, and they write their sum of money, sign it, you know, how easy would it be for me to cash that check? Well, it would be very difficult because it's not written to an individual. It's written to a title. And so that's uh, – now, keep in mind, I, I'm not trying to um, – I'm not trying to change the way you speak to God. I I often still, even in – Inside of this revelation of His name, I still I still speak to Him and and say God. I still speak to Him and call Him Lord. I still, um, you know, more times than than any, I call Him Father. Uh, very little times do I actually call Him Yahweh. Now, a big part of that is some is our cultural, um, I would say, training. Because in our culture, uh, here in the United States, it's not, um, especially because of its Hebrew Jewish roots, we we don't necessarily um, practice that. So, uh, for us in our culture, it's not something that we we practice, and so it's not ingrained in in me. But uh, so I'm not looking to change how you dialogue with God. I'm not trying to change how how that dynamic is. What I merely want to do is is to shine light upon the reality of uh, who he personally is. Um, so that being said, we we said our first here in our first scripture in. Exodus 3, verse 15, God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations, some translations will say this is my uh, this is my memorial. Um, several will will say that, um, 
And I think that this is very fitting for um, for understanding in this context uh, of the word God as a title word. I want to draw your attention to, in that verse, the order in which things are stated. He says, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. That's the first thing he says, and this is my title. That's his second. That's the second statement. What was his first statement in what God said to Moses? Thus you shall say, the, the, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors. If you tie what he says there, the first thing he says is Yahweh. And then you skip down, this is my name. And then what's the second thing he says? He calls himself the God of, you know, all those people. This is my title. For all generations, I believe that he is he is explaining to Moses, my name is Yahweh, and God is my title. Okay, um, so that's where this where this kind of birth. Let's look at let's look at some more things. Um, we'll stay in Exodus. Um, we'll kind of jump around a little bit, but Exodus. Uh, please write these down too, in so that what you can go back and look at them and just kind of chew on things. Um, I know we'll, we'll be moving through these slightly fast. So Exodus 15, 3, Moses here is, is speaking in song, but um, in verse 3, he says, The Lord, Yahweh, is a warrior. The Lord, Yahweh, is his name. Okay. We're going to keep going through quite a number of verses uh, so that is it with Exodus. We're going to move to Isaiah, and it's 47, verse 4. And it says, Our Redeemer, the Lord, capital Lord, Yahweh, of hosts is his name. The Lord of hosts is his name. So the Yahweh, so the Lord, capital Lord, Yahweh is his name. All right, we're going to go to some more. We're just going to just shoot through these. Isaiah 48, 2. For they call themselves after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. Isaiah 51:15 For I am the Lord Yahweh your God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar for I am Yahweh your God and he says the Lord of hosts is his name And and hosts is is a word that you'll see many times. I don't have notes here on it, so I'm just going from memory. But um, as I've looked into that before, that that word hosts there 
uh, kind of speaks of you see you see it used as heavenly host. Um, it can be um, it, it can represent the word like armies, uh, multitude. So it's it is it, it demonstrates this this reality of a a multitude of ones that come under the leadership of the one who is highest and um, and greatest. So that was um, Isaiah fifty one fifteen. We're going to look at Isaiah fifty four five. For your maker is your husband, the Lord Yahweh of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of, of the whole earth he is called. Okay, Jer- now we're going to go into Jeremiah. Jeremiah ten, sixteen. Jeremiah ten, sixteen. Not like these is the Lord Yahweh, the portion of Jacob. For he is the one who formed all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts, Yahweh, is his name. All right, I'm sure you're noticing a trend. Jeremiah 23, 6. Jeremiah 23, 6. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety, and this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord Yahweh is our righteousness. The Lord Yahweh is our righteousness. We're going to look at Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-five. Jeremiah thirty-one, verse thirty-five. And it says, Thus says the Lord, Yahweh, who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord, Yahweh of hosts, is his name. All right, Jeremiah 33, verse 2. Jeremiah 33 and verse 2. And it says, Thus says the Lord Yahweh who made the earth, the Lord Yahweh who formed it to establish it. The Lord Yahweh is his name. Uh, Jeremiah fifty thirty four. Jeremiah 50 verse 34. And it says, Their Redeemer is strong. The Lord Yahweh of hosts is his name. He will surely plead their cause that he may give rest to the earth, but unrest to the inhabitants of Babylon. We're going to look at Jeremiah 51, 19. It's Jeremiah 51, 19. Not like these is the Lord Yahweh the portion of Jacob, for he is the one who formed all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord Yahweh of hosts 
is his name. Now we're going to switch over to Amos. Uh, we're gonna Amos, and it's going to be chapter 4, verse 13. Amos, chapter 4, verse 13. Um, like me, I was a little unsure. <laughs> Amos is kind of small, difficult to find sometimes, but it's after Daniel, um, past Daniel, right past Hosea, then Joel, and then you find Amos. And if you've made your way to Jonah uh, or Micah, you've went too far. Amos 4, verse 13. For lo, the one who forms the mountains creates the wind, reveals his thoughts to mortals, makes the morning darkness, and treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord Yahweh, the God of hosts, is his name. Next is Amos 5, verse 8. 5, verse 8. The one who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth. The Lord, Yahweh, is his name. Uh, lastly, Amos Nine six Amos nine six who builds his upper chambers in the heavens and founds his vault upon the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. The Lord Yahweh is his name. And I want to share one more verse in in the interest of transparency. Um, I will be the first to say that um, I don't have it all figured out and I come to um, I come to things that I don't quite understand um, all the time and I will in encounter scripture that I was just reading today in the book of John where, Jesus speaks in one place of not coming to judge, and in another place, um, he speaks of coming to judge. So um, I will be the first to admit that there, there are many things that I do not understand, but I am on a journey of, of exploring what the Holy Spirit will reveal. And I always, always realize that the insufficiency lies within my own mind and my own heart, and that if I will just if I will just stay seated in this place of seeking to understand, he will reveal all things to me, to you, to those who would would want to know, to press into him, to discover truth. So um, there's a great many things that I do not know. So in the interest of transparency, as I came across this verse, um, it doesn't follow the trend of what we've just read. I've given you a big handful of verses that without question say Yahweh is his name. But let's read this one small verse. It's in Psalm, uh, in the book of Psalm 111, and it's verse 9, and and it reads this, He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. 
holy and awesome is his name. Now, it it doesn't take too much wisdom to know that he, God, is, is holy and he is awesome. So these two words describe him magnificently, perfectly. He is both holy and awesome. But following what I've just shown you through a number of scriptures that say Yahweh is his name, now I find myself reading this scripture that say holy and awesome is his his name. So someone who you know, might be sitting here thinking, well, I don't, I don't agree that, that Yahweh is his name, his personal name, and, and that's okay. Um, and in fact, I show here this place where it says holy and awesome is his name. So, you know, a person might make an argument to say, well, if I follow that, you know, that particular mindset that you're showing here, that, uh, that I could say that holy and awesome is his name. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't have an answer, um, but I do know that those two words absolutely describe who he is. He is both holy and awesome, and and I've spoken before on this on this idea or reality that that when in the New Testament that when we operate in the name of Jesus, we are doing so in, it, it's such a, it's such a profound phrase in his name. And, and it's deeper than just a, in, you know, in Jesus name, amen. It, but it's, we are functioning under his leadership as an extension of him. And, and so I think the same can be true in this verse in Psalm that, you know, holy and awesome. These are, these are little whispers of, of expression of, of who he is. And um, these descriptors of him give us, paint us a picture of his name. So... But in the sense of transparency, um, I, I don't have an explanation for that, but um, for that particular verse, but you know, whatever I gave you, 15 or of them or so, um, explicitly say Yahweh is his name. Um, now, there's three other, there, well, there's two other words. I'm going to explain the three. One of them is Yahweh. But we see some words, um, these three used in the Old Testament. The first one is the word, um, these are Hebrew words, um, Elohim. And it is used over 2,300 times, and it's translated as God. Now we see this particularly used in Genesis 1 Verse 1, in the beginning, God created. Understanding the word God, it is this 
it's a it's a word of title indicating this ultimate this supreme this deity and another word that we see translated um it's in the hebrew word that like i mentioned previously adonai and it's translated as as lord cap with a capital l and it is used over 400 times and this actually emphasizes his authority and we've and again we mentioned that and the last word yahweh it is a proper noun and when we think about in the you know in the english language going back to grammar a noun is a person place or thing and a proper noun is well let's take for example a person's name so a person the word person is a noun but a proper noun would be danny or we could say for example a noun would be the word church but a proper noun would be the actual name of the, your church so the idea that yahweh is a proper noun it's a specific person place or thing this is actually this word yahweh cap all caps l o r d is used over 5300 times and we see its first use the first use that i found is in genesis 2:4 and and it's and that's in in the day that the lord god capital all caps lord made the earth and the heavens so if we think about um if we think about in and i had to, i did a little uh reading for this and getting some of the um some of this backstory because uh, I, I wasn't totally clear on it but um in the in the jewish heritage because of the reverence that the jew would have for god and and this is in light of exodus 20 verse 7 um we'll just I'll just flip to it real quick for you and read it Exodus 20 verse 7 this is where God is giving Moses the 10 commandments and verse 7 God says you shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord capital Lord Yahweh your God for the Lord Yahweh will not acquit anyone who misuses his name because of the reverence that the that the Jew would have for God in light of that Exodus 20 verse 7 Yahweh was was eventually uh dropped from use and Adonai was used in its place. Now previously Yahweh and we don't really know how it was officially pronounced because it ceased to be verbalized um in consideration that it was too holy to say. And so the spoken name Yahweh um was no longer actually spoken by around the 3rd century BC and Adonai was replaced um as as spoken and 
And so the the word um, Jehovah actually is is really kind of a hybrid between Yahweh and Adonai um, because the Jewish person uh, would not write Yahweh we see the letters Y-H-W-H and so they you know, drop the vowels and sometimes you'll see it written J-H-W-H but the vowels of Adonai replace are placed in the place of um, you know the J-H-W-H they're added in from Adonai and so you get this Jehovah and it is said that that is actually an, an unbiblical name um, and that it was a, a more of a scholarly representation. Um, I don't really have a vote in that. Um, however, we do see we, we in, in in our English Bibles, we denote a difference between um, God, big G, and little g. And so what I mean by that is, um, well, for example, back in Exodus 20, 1 through 3, Then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. If you see in your English Bible, I am the Lord your God, with a capital G, you shall have no other gods, little or lowercase g, before me. So in, in our English Bible, we, we denote a difference between, we distinguish um, between any other god versus when we speak of God himself. And we show that difference with that upper lowercase g. But if you actually look back in the Hebrew, if you look at the, the Hebrew of both of those words, the God and gods, you're actually going to see the same word used in Hebrew. It's Elohim. And, and so in, in the original language, there was no distinction between those two. So this is really kind of this construct of man. And, and so when we, when we read that, it, it essentially says, and God spoke, um, and, and Elohim spoke all these words saying, you shall have no other Elohim before me. For I the lord so he he's it, we have this back we have the singular aspect now for i he's speaking i yahweh your god or, and and that word is elohim your god so for i yahweh your elohim that is it, he is speaking of his personhood his personalness, your God, 
your Elohim. So he is he is reinforcing this reality that God is my title and Yahweh is my name. In in closing here, I want I want to kind of just share a couple thoughts. Um, you noticed in Exodus, um, and it was three fourteen. Let me turn there with you. Um, three fourteen. God said to Moses. So previously, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, "I am who I am." He said further, "Thus you shall say to the God to the Israelites, I am." has sent me to you. That's also another um, aspect that we can consider that is has a, some a beautiful uh, reality to it. Um, to say I am, that is a present totality. So now follow this. This is amazing. Am covers both past and future because... As the present moves through time, past is born, but the future has yet to be. So let me say that again. So keep that keep that in the back of your mind. I am. So am covers both the past and future. So think of time in in the sense of beginning and future. If I am, then at the beginning of time, am covers the past because am is moving through am is moving through time and then the past is born the future has yet has yet to be fully reached but present am covers both time frames so am covers both the past and the future because if i always am then that means i have been and i will be Okay, last little bit of this, and and I'll um, let you get back to your your busy lives. Exodus twenty two. Uh, Exodus twenty verse two. In case that was confusing, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Okay, this statement he gives. I am the Lord your God. So picture that picture that sentence in your mind. Close your eyes. Picture that sentence in your mind and we're going to piece it apart to discover the there is a fullness in there that is amazing. Okay, I am the Lord your God. There's four realities embedded inside of that sentence. I am Remember, we said that is the present totality. It's all-encompassing. I am means I have been and I will be. So I am is this total 
sum total of all things present. Okay, the next section, the Lord, all caps Lord. So he is Yahweh, the only Yahweh. He is supreme. Now I know this isn't all caps, but it incorporates that in here. And I believe it reinforces that. He is the only Yahweh, supreme in position and authority. Okay, the next one, your. That's personal. I he we can experience him personally. This this whole reality can be yours personally. And then he ends it with God. Now we said God, that's divine in title. It is presupposing worship and adoration. So I am the Lord, your God. He is saying, I am present totality of all things. I am the only Yahweh that is supreme in position and authority. I, and it is personal. It can, I can be yours personally. And I am God who is divine in title. That is presupposing that is, that is um, able to be worshipped and adored. So, um, yeah, it's just awesome. So I will leave you with that. In closing, um, I hope this has resonated with you in, in, in shining some light into his personal name of Yahweh. Um, there may be some that are listening to this that um, th- through only the work of the Holy Spirit, you feel a you feel a draw, you have not yet given your life to Jesus, and you feel this draw that 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 there's there's a step that you need to take. And so when we surrender our hearts to Jesus, he he came, he died for us uh, because of our depravity, because of our sin, and he died in our place. And that he was buried, uh, that he uh, was broken for us. He was buried, and then he rose again to newness of life. And so he died as us, and we died. When we come into fellowship with him, his death becomes our death, and his resurrection now becomes our resurrection. So when we come under the leadership of Jesus, we can say that he is ours and we are his. And, and we can be reunited back to the Father, back to Yahweh. And because there, there is no other name that is given where men can be saved. Men, women, boys, girls, there is no other name where they can be saved. And that it's, it's by the name of Jesus, the Son of God, the only begotten of God. He is life and life abundantly. So, um, if you would, if you would say that I want to, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I, I ask that that God extend His mercy, His forgiveness for the depravity, the sin of my life, and that I surrender my heart, my desire, my affections to Jesus. 
and I want to make him mine and walk in relationship. If you can say that, um, and, and, and again, it's not, it's not words that just come out of our mouth. It's this, it's the posture of our heart. It's more than repeating words. It's more than, it's, it's more than should haves and ought to. It's, it's the, the tender affection of the posture of our heart. So if you can make that declaration and you can receive it, we, we receive salvation through the grace of God by our faith in the work that he has done and that we can be incorporated into that body, into his body through his death and resurrection. Many have died. None have resurrected. There's many false gods and, and all have died except, um, and except none have been resurrected. And that is alone Jesus Christ who was born, died, and raised to life. So I just encourage you to walk on this journey um, with him. When you when you come into salvation, it is it is a gateway. Jesus said, "I am the gate," and and that means that He is the only entrance into. And when we can step into that entrance, we can find newness of life. But then we find restored relationship with God, with our Father, with Yahweh. We can find restored relationship, and we begin this journey of intimacy and nearness to the heart of God. If I could, if I could, um, if I could just preach one thing over the course of my entire life, it would be the necessity of nearness to the heart of God, and and how important relationship is intimacy with God. So I thank you for taking the time um, in this in this long episode, um, but I hoped it touched you, um, and uh, I just invite you to. To stay along for the journey, as more things come uh, come through me, and hopefully um, move forward by the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, God bless you. Thanks for joining me. I hope this blessed your heart, and you leave with something special. Let us press in to know Him more. Let us press in to know Him more. And He will find us in seeking and seek us in finding. God bless you.